Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey guys, welcome to this week's podcast. I think I got that audio hum fixed, so please let me know in the comments. I don't want to jinx it by saying what it was until I'm 100% sure that it's gone, but uh, I'm pretty sure it's gone, so please let me know. Um, I'm pretty much settled in now. I got the the last of the artwork installed, uh, installed, you know, put up on the walls. Um, I still have to build two huge racks in back for all those um, RGB monitors. And I got uh, the rest of the setup done over here with some more artwork over the couch. So overall, um, it feels like I've it feels like I've spent you know ten hours every time I come and got nothing done because I really don't have much to show for it yet. But I did get a few other videos up and everything, so uh, I think this is it. So I think this now I could just start coming in and punching out videos. So as long as I got the audio thing fixed and as long as everything looks good enough here then uh, the only thing left is to do the dual camera setup so that I could do like modding stuff here um, and you know have a different camera on me as well uh, and other than that I think I'm just ready to go so uh, thanks again for all the patreon subscribers I definitely couldn't have done this without you guys and I guess let's just jump into the news Last week, Ben from iFix Retro came over and modded a couple of SD to SNES boards. Uh, I talked about it last week, but then after I talked about it, I realized I didn't have a page for the SD to SNES. Um, I get a lot of questions, uh, good questions from people wondering kind of what was up with it, what the mods were about. So I finally added that, um, and it was a long time coming. So anybody that needs extra info about that, definitely check it out, and uh, it's really worth getting. Even for the MSU1 audio alone, I would get one, especially if you're a Super Nintendo fan. So if you're interested, check out the page. And speaking of SD to SNES, a bunch of people on the Crix forum uh, posted their own customized version of the SD to SNES menu. I still absolutely love the one Smoke Monster made for me. It's kind of when you walk into my office now and I have the SD to SNES menu up, it almost looks like a, a banner for for my office or something. It's cool as hell. But there's a bunch of great people that posted some awesome work. I know that Smoke Monster has a link to his all-in-one zip file. They're very small, so it's not a big zip file or anything. And then each of the people that have been posting their own, they have individual links. So if you have an SD to SNES, I highly recommend checking it out because it just... Uh, you know, it's a small, it's a small thing, but it's a very cool aesthetic upgrade to it. So obviously the link is down below and I hope that anybody that has an SD to SNES will, will use one of these and enjoy it. There's a new version of the RGB Pi software available. And it also looks like that team was talking to the Laka team, and Laka is the software that I've been preferring for Raspberry Pi gaming. So it would be very cool if they could do some kind of pixel-perfect software collaboration. Uh, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the RGB Pi software, uh, because there definitely isn't. It would just be cool if um, everybody could kind of be contributing towards one project 
and uh, and then just tailoring it to their hardware solution. That way we kind of all have the same brilliant minds working together, not independently. But um, it's looking good so far, and I hope to eventually get to that Raspberry Pi you know, shootout video. I just really been playing catch up, so hopefully it's coming soon. I saw that Blissbox has just announced that they're also selling individual cables for five dollars each. So you could go into the um, just click on the four play cable and then from the drop down menu uh check which one you want. Uh but even though it says five dollars each one is a different price underneath. Um, and they had something else in the announcement that I wasn't really sure about. And I, I really, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I have no idea what's up with those guys or what they're trying to do. Their past five, you know, big announcements made absolutely no sense to me. So maybe I'm just a moron and I don't get what it is that they're doing. But um, I, I'm really sorry. I just, uh, I have no idea what's going on with those guys. So unless they release something else brand new, um, I don't really think I'm going to report on them anymore just because I don't even really know what I'm supposed to be telling people. So they're available in the U.S. directly from that store. They're available from Video Game Perfection for anybody in Europe. Um, and I own one uh, and it works very well. I haven't had time to uh, test all the extra cables because Wes from Second Opinion Games still has all my little cable adapters. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, I, I like the product a lot. I just don't get their marketing. So uh, no disrespect meant, but uh, I won't I won't really be mentioning it until there's a new thing out um, other than the fact that, you know, I, I think it's a cool product and I really hope they get their marketing straightened out because I just, I really have no idea what they're talking about sometimes. Smoke Monster just sent me a link to a new Vectrix ROM cart called the Vec Fever. Um, I actually have my Vectrix there that Scott forced me to buy because he said I absolutely needed to own one. Um, and I got the multi or the SD based cart from Richard Hutchinson. And I, I have barely had time to really dig into that at all. So um, hopefully I'll be able to get one of these new Vec Fevers to test and really see what the differences are. But if you're a fan of the Vectrix, definitely check it out, especially if you don't already own a ROM cart for it. Woozle has just posted another video of his Game Boy Advance HDMI adapter, this time showing the SNES controller adapter working as well. So I'm really excited for this as well as Ben Venn's Game Boy Advance output. Um, and I, I can't wait to try them both out because this, these will be the, the quintessential way to play all of the old Nintendo handheld games on a big TV. So as, as soon as any prototype is available, I'll definitely be picking one up. It looks like all versions of the 3DS has just been hacked to the full extent of the original Nintendo Wii. There's something called Boot 9 Strap that can be installed on every model and I believe almost every firmware of 3DS, including the new 3DS and new 3DS XL. Um, I haven't had time to try it out yet. I don't really, uh, I don't actually have a, a new 3DS and I, the only one that I do own is the Zelda edition that came with Link Between Worlds. So I would love to leave that stock and just keep all the games I paid for on it. But I, I love stuff like this because while I always buy the games I play, uh, I've probably wasted you know, at least a couple hundred in the past few years buying games that I just needed to test out really quick for something on the website. So, uh, you know, flame away in the comments. I'm sure a lot of people have a problem with that, but I would love to get one of these hacked so that I could just, you know, whenever I need to reference something, I could just download a ROM, try it out for two seconds, and then delete it and be done with it. Uh, I really actually wish that there were more previews available for games um, so people could do that legally. You know, you could just download you know, the first 
two minutes of any game or something and just try it out. But oh well. Uh, if anybody's done this, uh, done the Boot 9 strap to a 3DS, please post down below and let me know how it went for you. Um, and also, I guess I should finally buy a new 3DS to see the difference. So uh, I've heard, I believe it was Corey from My Life in Gaming told me that he preferred the normal one because when he tried out the uh, the XL, the larger one, the pixels were just too big and too far, you know, too far apart, I guess. So you could really tell how low the resolution was. So uh, anybody with opinions, please post below. Or if you already have a pre-hacked Boot 9 strap version for sale, uh, just email me or something. Save me the trouble of hacking it. Zelda X Pro has just updated his GameCube video plug-and-play to version 2.0, and it looks like he improved the connector as well as added an IR sensor so that you could access the on-screen display with a remote. It looks like he's made great progress, and I haven't had time to test this one personally, but uh, I mean, I liked the last one. I thought it was a great start, and it, this one at least appears to just be the, the next evolution. So hopefully he'll keep tweaking it until it's perfect. Um, I, as I said, I haven't tested the 2.0, so maybe it's close to there now, maybe not. But um, if anybody is desperate for an HDMI plug-and-play GameCube solution right now, definitely check it out down below. It looks like the Castlevania TV show will be airing on Netflix on July 7th. So it's Netflix, so I'm sure they'll dump all the episodes out immediately. Uh, I'm kind of interested to see what this is like. Hopefully it won't suck. <laughs> Someone just made a very cool PlayStation 2 portable console. There's a video up that shows all the different modifications he made to get it into the small package, and it looks really cool. So anybody that's into um, making handhelds out of consoles or just really likes nerdy stuff like that, I highly recommend watching the video. Mike from RetroTink just posted a video on how to tweak his customized version of Laka, and he goes into detail about if you need to move the picture over a little bit or if there's any kind of geometry issues, but it's looking very cool. Um, I still have to check out his RGB version of his, uh, of his RetroTink hardware for the Raspberry Pi. Uh, and I'm glad that more people are discovering Laka. I'm not sure that overall it's as easy as the rest of them, but I just love the way it's laid out and the features and stuff. So, uh, you know, anybody that's interested in that, um, definitely take a look. And the RetroTink is the one that has the 8-bit RGB output as well as the component video output for the Raspberry Pi. Someone just posted a video about a USB power mod for the Sega Nomad. So this way you'd be able to power it directly off of a USB charging pack and you'd be able to get a lot longer battery time out of it than the three-ish hours that you would get out of AA batteries. There's not much info in the video, so hopefully he'll post a follow-up with details pretty soon. Somebody has sent me a link to the auction where they're selling that backlit Game Boy Color that came from that seller in China that we spoke about last week. It's selling for $500, which is pretty crazy so unless the Game Boy Color is your favorite system of all time I'm not sure many people would want to spend that much money I would absolutely love to try it out and review it but there's just no way I could afford that I still haven't even bought an oscilloscope to try so um, but if hey if anybody wants it or especially if you're in New Zealand because that's where it's being sold from you know maybe give it a try but uh, you know it, the whole the whole thing about that was really intriguing you know the um, the board that he built, the higher resolution screen, I just, 500 seems a little nuts. But at least there is one out there proving that it was real, and hopefully the original seller will figure out ways to make more.
And lastly, I just posted a follow-up video about the BKM68X input card. I'll be very quick here because this applies to like 1% of retro gamers, if not less. But the A-series BVMs require that card called the BKM68X. It's impossible to find, and when you do, it's over $1,000. Uh, and there's horizontal shift sync problems with it. So certain things like Sega Master System won't work right unless you run it through a specific processor. And I'm trying to learn more about it and, of course, ways around it so that people with A-series BVMs could possibly still have RGB input, just a different way. So I, uh, if you have this monitor, definitely check it out and check out the page for it as well. If you don't have this monitor, uh, it's probably going to be really boring, so I recommend skipping it. But, you know, without a doubt, if you have an A-series BVM, definitely check this out and stay in the loop, because hopefully we'll make some progress soon. Now on to the Q&As. To follow up from last week, that Saturn cartridge that I was talking about, a bunch of people were able to post and kind of clue me into what was going on. Basically, there's software called Pseudo-Saturn, I think that's how you say it, that you could actually flash onto an action replay cartridge. And that would allow you to play CDR backups as long as this cartridge was installed. And this is a hardware version of that. So basically, somebody just made a homebrew Saturn cartridge, included an SD card, uh, an SD card slot, and then put a version of that software on it so that not only can you play CDR backups with it, but you could also transfer your game saves. Uh, so it seems pretty cool. Um, and, you know, at $68, it is a little bit expensive, but if you're a huge Saturn fan, and more importantly, if you really feel the need to back up your save games, then this is definitely the way to go. So thanks to everybody for posting about that stuff. Next, Dave Kircher asked if you should be putting shielding on the ribbon cable on the inside of your console mods. To be honest, this is something I have incessantly nagged the guys in the Retro Roundtable about, because if things like longer wires inside mods, mods mean more chance of interference, wouldn't it make sense to shield the wires on the inside? And all of them have hands down agreed that no, you don't, because if your wire runs are short enough, there's not enough... Uh, there's not enough wire for there to be interference yet. So I don't have an electrical engineering degree, so I have to just listen to these guys um, who do. But um, I agree, Dave, it does make sense to me. Well, wouldn't you want to have individually shield wires on the inside as well as the outside? But I guess there's just, unless you literally like run it over a you know, power voltage regulator or something, there's much less a chance of any interference happening, especially before it's amped. I guess that was the bigger issue as well, is that you want to make sure there's as short a wire as possible, um, but the, you know, to get to the actual amp, and then afterwards on the multi-out, that's when the shielding matters, because that's the long, you know, couple of feet going to your console. So great question, and uh, I guess the answer is no, don't worry about it, just keep the wires as short as possible, and ribbon cables better than individual, just for more cushion between the actual conductors and anything else. Next, Cameron posted a video about the Game Boy interface controller mapping. That's what we talked about last week, and uh, we figured out why it wasn't working for me. I didn't read the whole uh, README file and realized it didn't realize only the Game Boy, the GBI low latency version supports it. So not ULL or the regular. So that was one mistake. And, and the other is I think it was mostly tested with the RAFNET adapters, and I was using a different one, which I'll show in a second. Uh, but also, for anybody that wants, I uploaded a new version of a Swiss um, boot disk. 
So you need a chipped GameCube for this, um, which I know it's a little bit confusing, so I'll put a link to the Game Boy interface page below next to Cameron's video. But this way, if you're using just a chipped version and uh, DVD-Rs, you could download this latest version that has both the latest Swiss and the latest Game Boy interface on it. And then you could boot directly to that, which would just make things a lot easier. There's different ways to boot Swiss, but if you already have a chipped GameCube, that seems to be the easiest. And if you want to learn how to do the button mapping with the RafNet adapter, definitely watch Cameron's video that shows exactly how to do it. But for anybody that's using an alternate adapter, uh, check out what all the weird stuff that was happening with mine. I wanted to show what was going on with myself in the Game Boy interface controller issues. So I have the retro USB SNES controller adapter. This is no longer made. Um, the RafNets are the ones that are much more common. So I'm just going to plug it in so you could see the SNES controller is working. And I'm going to go Game Boy low latency version. Um, and uh, yesterday, or two days ago when I tried this, uh, if I launched with con control scheme type C, nothing would happen. The controller wouldn't work at all. Extrems actually suggested I try uh, setting the polling rate to VSync. So when I did that, it won't boot at all. It just freezes at a white screen. Or if I boot with a GameCube controller plugged in and then swap with the SNES, the SNES won't work. So even though this didn't work the other day, I'm going to start it now with control scheme, scheme C selected. Um, it boots. And as you can see, it's working. And you can see select is working as well, which is pretty awesome because that was the whole point of the control, control scheme thing. So obviously there's got to be something screwy with the retro USB adapter because this is the same PAL GameCube with RGB cable, it's the same boot disk, it's the same everything other than it wasn't hooked into a capture card, which clearly that's not the issue. So I'm not really sure what's up with this one, but the RafNet ones are the ones that are more popular anyway. So if anybody has any thoughts, let me know, but uh, I'm pretty sure uh, at least it's working for me now, so I could certainly enjoy playing Metroid with the select button on it. Okay, I just did. I was just messing around with it just to play Metroid and see what would happen and enjoy the new control scheme, but now it's not working again. So I don't know. Um, I really don't know what's up with it at all, but I guess I would just say that you would, it's only compatible with the RafNet adapter because... Uh, I knew I wasn't crazy. I knew it wasn't working before, and now it's still not working. So uh, I don't. It's probably not anything to do with the Game Boy interface software. It's probably just the controller adapter. So uh, oh well. Last Thursday, I went out to New Jersey to see one of my favorite bands, Answer Infinity, and it was kind of neat because there was a lot of video game things inadvertently happening. So when I took the subway over, I took the PATH train right from Twenty Third Street, where there's a barcade a block away. Um, I got to the venue, uh, my buddy AJ, the rhythm guitarist, was wearing a Super Mario t-shirt, and then I walk outside and there's a barcade right there. So there's literally a path train there with a barcade on each side of it. Um, and it was actually a very good one. The machines were in good, uh, really good condition. Um, they had like the basics, like, you know, the Simpsons and, you know, some of the old Galga and, uh, you know, the Asteroids games, the stuff that, you know... That's kind of the staples. They even had that new Pac-Man game that's kind of meh. 
they had the Star Wars Trilogy Arcade, which I'd never played before, and it's not very good. Um, they actually also had the full version of Star Wars Arcade where you sit down into it, which was so cool. I really liked that game. It's simple because it's only got those three levels, but, you know, it's uh, it, at the very least, it, it's a fun and unique game with the vector graphics and everything. Um, then they had a couple that I hadn't seen before either, um, like the Mappy game. Also, Daytona, the uh, the dual Daytona, which I always love those. And one of these days, I dream of getting a four-player version of the Daytona just so I could battle my friends wherever I could fit it. But uh, I think that and the Star Wars sit-down arcade was by far my favorite just because I'd never been in the sit-down one before, although I'd, I'd been uh, played the stand-ups and loved the graphics and stuff like that. But overall, it was pretty cool. Uh, I was there with my friend Fontaine, who she's not a hardcore video game fan, but she's not, you know she's been around and played the games, the same games I have over the years. And we tried a couple, and uh, it was kind of funny because um, just our reactions were the same. So like there was a uh, laser ghost was really cool, and it had this effect where when you're shooting, um, you could see the shots in your little visor, but you can't actually see them on the screen. I couldn't really get video of that, otherwise I would have. Um, but it, we also had a... Uh, we did the Daytona, obviously. Um, I didn't play Punch-Out, but uh, I did see it in the corner and took a little picture, of course, that I posed and texted Michael from Badass Consoles. A little running joke about Punch-Out, but it's kind of cool to see the versus dual-screen games. And uh, I think one of the ones that really kind of um, that really kind of surprised us on how weird it was is a driving game that's two players at the same time, where one person drives and the other person shoots, called Lucky and Wild. And uh, I, I don't know, I liked it. It was, it was definitely a little weird, but uh, I'd like to. I also asked Fontaine her opinion on it and see what she would think. Hey guys, I am with Fontaine, a good friend of mine. We were at Barcade in Jersey, and we we're just playing Lucky and Wild. This thing's crazy. <laughs> I drove and shoot people while she shot people. It was a great time. We just drove through a mall. This is kind of nuts. I don't know if you've ever tried this game, but I would highly recommend it. Absolutely. It's up there, too. Alright guys, so we just played Ram Rampart? Rampart, yeah. Um, I We played this game for like 10 minutes off of one quarter. I still have no idea how to play it. No, you? neither do I. Like, I have no idea what I just, I don't I'm understand. To. I had to download a tutorial or something. I mean, it was literally one quarter. It was at least five minutes. It was right there. They kind of screwed up, but I still don't even know how to play the game. It's so. like Tetris and chess together. Right, I gotta look up which one came out first. I'm gonna assume Tetris and then this game. So, weird, huh? Yeah. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, please let me know what you think. Did the sound work? Was the lighting a little better? I have to fix the lighting in the ceiling. You could see some of the fluorescent lights are just straight up dead. I actually think that's the um, the ports themselves, not, not just dead bulbs. So all I have is the two above me and the two in back. So I think just adding those, um, you know, would certainly help. I also, uh, my buddy Matt got me a, a little desk light here, which is kind of neat. That'll definitely come in handy for doing the uh, table mods, 
but maybe the you know the answer is I just get another light right here. Uh, Kenji stopped by and suggested I shine a light up against the back wall to reflect over and everything. So maybe that's it. But any comments or criticism or suggestions, as always, I really would appreciate it. Uh, hopefully, I'll be back on track with more videos and reviews and everything soon. Um, I put one extra video out a week for a few weeks in a row now, and I think that's going to be my goal as a bare minimum is uh, every week to get do the podcast and one other video which might correspond with the page on the website. Um, lots going on. Uh, you know, there's lots of different things I'm aiming for. Uh, I might possibly get a Neo Geo machine in here, which uh, an MVS stand-up arcade, which I would want to do a ton of work. So I'll keep everybody updated. Uh, you know, keep spreading the word about the Patreon because while I haven't uh, posted stretch goals, there are a lot. So with every, you know, with every little tier that I pass, I can do more things and hopefully provide more cool stuff for everybody else. So as always, thank you so much. Looking forward to seeing the comments below and I will see you next week.